0: Mataranga Māori can be defined as the knowledge or understanding of everything visible and invisible existing in the universe and is often used synonymously with wisdom. Where would Aotearoa New Zealand be without the richness of its indigenous Māori culture and what can our cities learn from it? Hi and welcome to episode two of Moonshot City. I'm Juhi Sharif and I'm here with Priti Ambani and together we're going to be exploring the big questions around what makes a resilient and regenerative city.
1: Today we're delighted to welcome our first guest, Tina Balsa dean Kia ora Tina.
2: Kia ora, tēnā ko tēnā koe Juhi, Kodra ko
1: Tina, you're the Executive Director of BHW Lands Trust here in New Zealand, and a scientist by background. Tell us a bit about yourself.
2: Well, uh, I was born in the tribal boundary that's known widely throughout New Zealand, Aotearoa, as Te Tini o Toi o Te Moana A Toi, which is the Bay of Plenty, the Eastern Bay of Plenty area of New Zealand. Um, I was uh, raised with my grandparents and my great grandparents regularly in company with us as a family. Um, I have a large family of eight brothers and sisters, uh, my parents, and of course a very wide extended family, which is characteristic of uh, most Māori families in New Zealand, Aotearoa. I've spent a number of years. In the environmental and soil science area, although, you know, I've spent probably the last 30 years of my life uh, formally in the science sector and the science industry, um, really my genesis and my, um, my beginnings around uh, looking more closely at the environment it really began in the gardens with my grandparents. So, Taina, we first
0: met at the Ohanga Amiomio Pacific Circular Economy Summit, which was held in Rotorua in New Zealand last April now in 2019. And since then, we've collaborated on a Reo Maori version of Kate Raworth's donut. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the iconic donut, it's an economic model for the 21st century. It looks like a donut. very simply. The inner circle is the social foundation, which is all the social sustainable development goals. And the outer circle is our ecological ceiling based on our nine planetary boundaries. And so we collaborated with two other fantastic women, Jennifer McIver, director of Wishbone Design Studio, and Tinika Tat, who's a great designer with a Pacific Island heritage, And Taina, I'd really like to ask you to talk about, you know, what are your thoughts about the donut as an economic model?
2: Yes, number one, um, first of all, it's really important for me to acknowledge the work of Kate uh, Raworth and um, a number of different Western scientists, Western economists, and um, some very intelligent people who brought together some ideas around how we might adequately attend to the environmental crises that we're confronted with as a globe. And um, my first uh, reading Of the donut model, when um, I had the opportunity to have a closer look at it and was given um, space to be able to understand it, was number one, I think it was a very brave and courageous uh, reinterpretation, reimagining, and I guess realigning of our reality, what's happening in the world on the global surface of Papatuanuku, of Mother Nature, and that was Tackled from by an economist, an acclaimed economist in a way where she reinterpreted uh, economic interpretations, definitions and understandings of the world into a modern day context where the environment is at the forefront. And so her donut intrigued me uh, because of that alone, because really it was a brave attempt to really give, um, to privilege, to give honour and to centralise the highest priority in that model, which is really the environment I guess if there were um, some other issues that uh, came to my mind, it was that the donut shape is probably not a shape that we would immediately relate to as an Indigenous community, even though it's circular. I think you would find that in um, a multi community, from a multi ideological uh, perspective of the world, we have circles indeed and curves and, and smooth uh, circular types of shapes of things that that we might associate peace and serenity, uh, good health and vibrant growth uh, with. So a donut is a closed circle, and that's something that immediately struck me as a Maori tuhoi indigenous woman, is that our circles are not closed circles. So in your reimagining, you
0: also worked with the designer to create a spiral
2: Absolutely. So although I think uh, the circle is very powerful, it represents a whole lot of really positive and health inspiring and uh, notions of of wellness. We uh, had a look at it through a set of Maori eyes and the interpretations that the designers also assisted me with was in fact opening, if you like, opening the donut circle up into a spiral that spiralled inwardly. And one of the really important, I guess, notions behind that from an Indigenous point of view and through Indigenous eyes is that energy spirals down and then loops back up. And it continues to move in that way. And as each concentric circle that it travels down and back up and then repeats that entire cycle. the energy becomes more intense. and that was really the rationale and the important notion behind being able to represent that. So the spiral is a is a very important significant symbol in all the artistic motifs, the carvings, the weaving. The weaving of uh, tukutuku panels that are affixed to the walls of tipuna pare, of meeting houses, um, simply because of the role and the function, the powerful role and compelling function of the tokorangi shape, which is the spiral shape.
1: That is a beautiful uh, representation and beautiful description of your interpretation of the diagram, Tina. But you also, in you know, your version of Kate Raywood's donut, you flipped the donut with the environment as the foundation, uh, the inner circle of the donut, and societal needs wrapping around as the outer circle. Could you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Indeed, indeed. I think that. Um... Uh, it 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 appears to me that when uh, Kate Rayworth and and her team were imagining the donut model and its shape, its form, and what what it represented was meaningful in the sense that really, um, in my view, what they wanted to do was privilege and and sit at the centre of importance the environmental issues and all natural surroundings, all natural resources. Now, one of the reasons behind that was because that is the sector of our lives, of the universe, that is immediately in danger. It's being threatened and it is being uh, degraded. So the climatic changes that have also been motivated as a result of, I think, increasing and ongoing environmental degradation was one of the biggest drivers behind the donut shape. However, it was my view that if indeed the environment was the the highest platform to be represented in that uh, model, then from an indigenous Maori point of view, that would shift the environmental issues into the centre of the spiral where the energy is most potent.
0: I have to be honest, Taina, when, when I saw... Your version, your reimagining of the donut, I uh, was quite freaked out because, you know, mm. having been a consultant for most of my career, it was like, you know, I, I really wanted it to match Kate Raworth's model so that we could compare the two, and then of course I realised, well, it, it wasn't my worldview, right? It was it was your worldview as a as a Maori woman, and and there's such power in having these two interpretations side by side and these two worldviews side by side, um, particularly in terms of you know just starting a dialogue, right, about, um, about what is important to each of us and how we address some of these incredibly challenging issues. So yeah, we, we really hope that it's going to, to spark that dialogue and it was great that we were able to share it with, with Kate on Twitter. And so I know she was keen to hear, to hear more about that. I was wondering if you could talk to your version of the diagram with, you know, the environment in the heart of the spiral and talk more about this concept that you called hatua matangi, the, you know, the ecological foundation or ceiling, depending on your interpretation. So that's a beautiful
2: concept. Can you talk more to that? Absolutely, absolutely. If I start off, here at the point at which I understood um, an overshoot and a shortfall of the diagram, first of all, I think those are junctions where our interpretational um, lens, whether it's a Western one or an Indigenous one, might agree. Right? So we will agree that there are shortfalls uh, and overruns, if you like, uh, that act as monitoring uh, beacons for whether something is degrading or not in the environment. So in the Māori version of the the donut, or in our particular world, the tokorangi, we would refer to it as the tokorangi, is not that uh, the concept of being able to keep the environment, the natural environment, Mother Nature, Papa Papatuanuku, which is uh, Earth Mother, and Ranginui, which is Sky Father, keeping them at the centre of all living things because they are, in fact, the powerhouse. They are the powerhouse. They are where, if you like, the elixir exists. And, indeed, the energy for all living things derives from that place. So it's typical of human nature, it's typical of the human population that um, only really a short 40 or 50 years ago we entered, um, and this is what Kate Raworth um, emphasises and speaks about uh, regularly as the foundation of her rationale behind her donut, is that human society immediately after World War One, World War Two, rushed with a propensity to really to take up uh, the what eventually has become the overuse of raw material in the natural environment. It's become depleted, it's caused climatic problems and, and inevitably we have the results of a uh, desperately degraded environment and, and we have started to experience for the first time in our lives as humans some of the most intense environmental catastrophes. So the Donut didn't immediately, in my view, through my eyes as a Tuho Indigenous woman, didn't immediately speak to centering uh, Mother Nature or the environment in the centre of the spiral where it was permitted to gain energy again, to be rejuvenated and revitalise its energy on the outside. And this is not to say that as a Maori Indigenous community of Aotearoa uh, we did not. Um, we do not have thousands of years worth of proverbial sayings, and messages inside our most ancient writings and literature, and oral histories to suggest that the environment was not important, or people were not important. In fact, one of our most famously generic proverbial sayings, as the whole of Maori is "He a te o te." he what's the most important thing in the world, in the universe, in fact. It's, it is people, people and people. So at the time at which that particular proverbial saying was created and imagined, if you like, there was uh, understood in the Māori world a great balance between cosmological priorities and imperatives and the balance between human behaviour and human understandings about healthy boundaries of human behaviour in their relationship to the environment. So at that particular point in time, thousands of years ago, when things were in more of a balance, of course people could celebrate their healthy behavioural boundaries in relationship with the environment. Today is not the case and even Māori Indigenous communities recognise That having to do something as overt and as explicit as positioning Mother Nature, the environment and Ranginui, so Earth, Mother and Sky, Father, in the centre of a diagram like this eh, makes things overt and explicit. And that was the first change. It's almost inverting the diagram and social and political structures and considerations sit on the outer layers. Um, and this doesn't mean to say that you can't still use the rating bars to show an overrun and a shortfall. Those those can still occur on the tokorangi design, the reimagined one from a Tūhoe Māori Indigenous point of view. One of the other things that was added to this this particular diagram from a Indigenous point of view, and I'll just pick up that particular one that you've uh, selected, Juhi, and that was what we termed te hatua mātangi. Translated, te to mātangi means the last breath of life. And the English equivalent of that, of course, has been provided and offered by uh, Kate Raworth's diagram as meaning an ecological ceiling. The hatua mātangi, in terms of the last breath, is... In fact, describing when the overshoot is irreversible, when the overshoot has uh, extended to such an extent that in fact it's gone to a point of no return and that we must then, as an Indigenous community, we must then
1: revert back to the senses of spiritual intelligence. Tiana, that was incredible. So much to reflect and learn from your words. One insight I had when I listened to your talk at the Pacific Circular Economy Summit, you know, that talk resonated with me on so many levels. There was one particular statement you made, and I quote My ability to thrive in unison with nature occurs when I have not dehumanized or desensitized myself to the extent that I do not recognize that I'm violating mother nature. This is an awareness and deep connection that Mataranga Maori worldview brings. And it mm. really highlights the need to pause, reflect, be intentional um, and slow down. And you know, as a researcher myself, I perceive there's a conflict between Mataranga Maori and modern science. What is the role that we need to play to break down some of these barriers in our quest to building regenerative cities and ecosystems?
2: Well, I think my first reaction to that question, Preeti, is that Indigenous scientists, such as myself, the um, community of Indigenous scientists, we must become teachers of empirical Western scientists. I have long argued in a number of different forums right throughout the world, my travels throughout the world, that if you are indeed an Indigenous scientist or a Māori who happens to be a scientist, but you're totally and completely educated and sold on Western empirical science, then you are simply a Western scientist who happens to be Indigenous. <laughs> yeah. But if you are an indigenous scientist who, in fact, has found pathways or has experimented with pathways, who is actively researching um, and activating uh, action research around the meaningful and sensible yeah. junctions Uh, separate pathways as well as pathways that agree in terms of mātauranga Māori, Indigenous technical knowledge and Western science, then in my particular view, you are deserving of the name of Indigenous scientist because you are not walking with one world view, but you have deliberately schooled and educated yourself in the uh, science and political science of environmental freedom that the environment is given privilege over other sciences, but the other sciences, the Western science, the mainstream sciences, have really used, We have recognised that they have really useful tools and knowledge bases inside them that support an indigenous worldview of environmental health and well being. And I think that there lies the difference. It's a huge challenge. Uh, For hundreds of years here in New Zealand, Aotearoa, there has been great conflict, of course, and resistance to uh, mātauranga Māori. That's not new in New Zealand, Aotearoa. That's that's, uh, well known. It's in fact now becoming well published and well documented. But as we became more sensitised as a whole globe, as a whole world, to the very rapid degradation of the environment and the massive changes in climatic conditions. Indigenous knowledges, Indigenous bodies of understanding the world we live in has become a desperate go-to place for most Western scientists. Today, I would say, and certainly for Indigenous communities, but, you know, putting the environment at the centre of all considerations around climate and environmental health has been there for millennia for Indigenous communities, including Māori. It has been at the centre for millennia. Uh, One of the blockages, of course, is a human defect, in my view, and that has been about the resistance, the active blocking out erasing and elimination of indigenous intelligences and indigenous insights about the about supporting our environment to
0: your point it's one of the reasons why it was so great to have a pacific circular economy summit last year, really highlighting the indigenous wisdom and what we can learn from things like intergenerational thinking and a different relationship with the natural world. So it's not just the Western-centric view of man having dominion over nature, but it's a kinship with living systems. And of Mm. course, we've talked a lot about the inner and outer boundaries of the donut, but in the middle is the space for regenerative economies and ecosystems. And that's really the theme of what we're exploring at
1: the moment. So thank you so much. Thank you Tena for your time for sharing this you know your power packed knowledge and wisdom with us today. We really really appreciate it. Thank you Kira. To learn more continue the discussion and get links to Tena's talk at the Pacific Circular Economy Summit. Visit us at projectmoonshot.city. I'm Preeti Ambani. I'm Chuhi Sharif. This is Moonshot City.